church. Good to see all of you here this morning. So we're going to continue um, the series, God Knows. We've been busy with that. Uh, this is the fourth week, and I'm going to continue with that for a little bit. And um, so today, it, number four is God knows how to rescue you, how to rescue you. And, uh, you know, we love the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, being thrown into the fiery furnace, and Jesus shows up, and they come out without smelling of smoke. You know, it's an awesome story. Daniel in the lion's den comes out without a scratch, right? But here's the, here's the reality of life. 99.99% of time, you're not going to come out the fire without smelling of smoke. I want you to turn around and smell your neighbor right now. Do you smell smoke? Come on, be honest with me. You smell smoke? You've been in the fire, right? Come on now, let's, let's be honest. Say, Pastor Henry, I smell of smoke. Come on, who's going to be work with me here? We'll have altar call for liars first time after service, okay? Yeah, that, that is, see, the reality of life is that we do go through the fire. The problem is we come out smelling of smoke. And we have these issues, and life is so difficult I don't know how people make it without Jesus. I mean, seriously, how do they get through life without Jesus? Because the issues are so overwhelming. You know, just like, man, alive. You know, there's times when we're in these trouble situations, and we wonder, is there a way back to sanity? Because right now I'm losing my mind. And, you know, I don't know how many straws this camel can take. Because they say that's the straw that breaks the camel's back. Well, I got like a bundle of hay on me. Anybody out there? If it's not smoke, it's hay I'm smelling of. And it's time when you think, does God know? what I'm going through. And what's more, does he even care? You know, Satan is good at getting us to the place where we feel like nobody cares, not even God. Your relatives don't care. They've given up on you. Your friends don't talk to you anymore because the issues that you're going through. Well, yes, he does care. The fact that you're sitting here this morning or the fact that you're listening to me, watching, is actually proof that God cares. How, how can it be proof that God cares? Because He orchestrated your life and helped you to get to this place because He wants to speak to you today. He actually wants to encourage you today to get through what you're going through. You see, I've, I've been a pastor for 45 years, and I can tell you that many times... 
people come for prayer, and at their first time in the church, they come for prayer, because they're desperate, I mean desperate, and they need a miracle. And if they don't get the miracle, that's it. They're done. Why do you wait till you get to that point where there's no hope unless there's a miracle? Surely when you're going through the issues that you're going through, at some time, you ought to go, you know what? I'm going to try God. I've tried everything else. Let's give God a chance. No, you know, I think it would, it would really help us if we would come to God a little earlier. But God has a plan to get you out of your situation. That's why I've called it God Knows How to Rescue You. He does know. But guess what? It, it requires our cooperation, just like everything else in life. There's no magic wand, Pastor. Magic wand, God solves the problem. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to cooperate with Him. You have to work with Him. Sometimes God asks you to do things that are uncomfortable, that you're not used to doing, that you don't like doing. And remember, uh, it's your best thinking that got you where you are now. So, so why don't we stop trying to do it your way and start trying to do it Yahweh? God has got a way out. He has a solution. And we, we would certainly hope that he would just go pluck us out and put it there. There you go, boy. New shoes, new clothes, everything, new hairstyle. Go! And no, it doesn't happen that way. You know... Um, he wants to give you back what Satan has stolen during that trial. He wants to give it back to you. He, he wants to pull you out of the darkness and transfer you into the sunshine of his love, S-O-N, of his love. So I want to tell you a story uh, because I want to deal with today what happens when things go from bad to worse, to terrible, to where's God? Somewhere along that, you're in that picture. So, many of you don't know this, but you know, Pastor Andrew was our very first convert in the city of Alcom back in 1980, South Africa. And uh, around about 1983, 1984, uh, his company had a, a single airplane, I think they might have had more than one airplane, but uh, he would fly me to various speaking engagements. And we had been down the city of Maritzburg, Peter Maritzburg, um, and we were on our way home, I think it was Monday morning, and we had a nice and early 7 o'clock, and we're flying back to Valcom, when suddenly as we were approaching the Drakensberg Mountains, uh, the, the airplane began to lose height, and it was dropping at 500 foot a minute. And we were just ascending, so, and we were going right towards the mountain, and we began to drop. 500 foot a minute, and as we're approaching the mountain, we're only 3,000 feet up when you take the distance from the mountain as we're coming into it. So we had about six minutes. 
And uh, so at that point, you know, you panic. <laughs> and fear grips you. And, uh, you know, we're hoping and praying that we're going to get over the mountain. So I'm co-pilot. Andrew says to me, start looking for a landing strip or some place where we can put the plane down. If he'd asked me my name, I couldn't have told him. <laughs> so I have the map, and I'm looking out the window, but all I can think about is the fear that's gripping me because we're going down. Just, it's just falling out of the sky. And I had to do something dramatic at that point. And I took authority over the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. When you're in the situation you're in right now, most of the time you're driven by fear that you can't escape, that you're not going to get out of the situation, that God isn't helping you. The spirit of fear gets a hold of the, the influence of the spirit of fear. So I took authority in Jesus' name over that fear, and then I called for God's peace. I said, please, in the name of Jesus, I call for the peace of God. Are you listening to me? You've got to do what I'm saying because this is, this is what you do when you're in that situation. Okay? And then we prayed that we'd have enough velocity to crest the mountain and enough height, momentum to get through. Well, as we crossed over the, 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 the ridge, we were now 1,000 feet above land. Two minutes to go to impact. When suddenly... We got thrust up by a warm current. We were being thrust up at 1,000 foot a minute. It, I mean, we just, just went wild. 13,000 feet, just in a, in a split second of time. Inexplicable, natural, probably, but supernatural to us. God delivered us. God helped us. God rescued us. I'm sure it wasn't just my prayer, but I do think my prayer helped. Amen? It helped to stop Andrew from panicking. We did many trips together, but that's for another time. In 1983, and uh, our church had purchased a warehouse, and we were doing, we were remodeling the, the warehouse. It was, it's brick and stone in South Africa. It's not this kind of stuff that you got, we use here in America. Um, so we were working in the, in, the, in the warehouse, and my pastor John was working with me, and he was using a saw that can actually cut through brick and stone, can actually cut through. It's very powerful, lots of dust and everything else, and while we were working with this thing, I began to sense danger. Well, I wasn't surprised. You know, if you look at my hands, I don't do that. I don't work with stuff like that. Okay? And so I'm, you start a lawnmower next to me and I get a fright. Anyway, so he's cutting down the... And I, I'm, I, I stopped him. I said, John, be very, very careful. I'm really concerned. There's something going on. He said, no, no, I'm careful. Well, the feeling didn't go away. In fact, it got worse. It got so bad, I began to feel weak and nauseous. So I had to go and sit down somewhere else. 
And I recognize that as a, an urgency to pray. So I began to pray in the Spirit because I didn't know what to pray for, except that I was anxious. Something was wrong. Listen carefully. You're in a situation. You're anxious. You don't know which way. The solution begin, after you've bound the spirit of fear, begin to pray in the Spirit. Because you can pray, Holy Ghost can pray through you for stuff that you have no idea. He can start to move things around. So I'm praying for about 30 minutes. I mean, sweat is running down me. I'm feeling nauseous. I'm praying. And then the sensation leaves. Okay, I can breathe properly. It's gone. Everything's going to be okay. 15 minutes after that, somebody came in from the office, church office, and said that Pastor Jackie had been in a car accident, but she's okay. On the way home, between the two cities, Valcom and Virginia, where we lived, is a single lane, well, it's, a, it's two lanes, but you go one way on the one side and, and other side comes back at you. You know, in California, you don't get many of those roads. And maybe some in Ramona, places out that way, you maybe get familiar with that, that kind of road. Uh, hitting up to Julian, I think, there's a road like that. And what happened is that Jackie was driving behind a slow-moving truck, and as she came over the uh, uh, blind rise, there was a bridge because trains would go underneath it. She came over it. She decided she's going to overtake this truck. So she moves over. She overtakes the truck. She can see clearly you know, from where she is. And she moved back onto her side of the road. And then she noticed the truck ahead of her wasn't moving. And what had happened is there was mud on the, uh, the lights and the indicator's lights, and it had stopped. And she was now going quite fast, so she decided, well, I'm going to overtake this truck as well. And as she moved over to overtake the truck, she saw a person driving a scooter, a little kind of scooter thing, and she knew she was going to kill this person. There's just no way that she can do it. And she had to make a decision. She moved back onto the left-hand side and went under the truck. It was stationary. And she was speeding at that time, and she put her foot on the brake, called out the name of Jesus, and went right under the truck. By the time they got her out of the vehicle, all she had was a bruised knee. I want to show you, if you turn the lights down, I want to show you what the car looked like, if you would. We've got a couple of pictures to show you. You can see how embarrassed she is. Sorry. Let's show you another one. It's pretty dinged up, huh? How that, uh, you can see the, wind, the windshield is actually broken, um, and that jagged piece actually came through the window, but she got out of that accident with simply a bruised knee. Thank you so much. So, yeah. A uh, couple of weeks ago, you heard how my prayer saved Cindy. Now you've heard how my prayer saved Jackie. It's a good thing to have a praying husband and a praying father. Amen. So all you praying fathers, you, you pat them on the back right now. You'd reach over and pat them on the back, would you? Praying husbands. Storms, I want to talk about the storms of life that take everything from you except your life. You're still alive, but you're actually not sure that you want to be. Many storms uh, could have been avoided if we had made wise decisions. But again, I don't want to lay guilt on anybody. Let's read a story that it's in Acts chapter 27. 
The Apostle Paul was in prison, and um, there was a court that was held. The Pharisees actually wanted to kill him. And he knew this, so what he did is he appealed to Caesar as a Roman citizen. He appealed to Caesar, so they sent him to Rome. And en route to Rome, he had to go by ship. And one of the places he had to leave was Crete, the island of Crete. So we pick up the story in uh, Acts 27, verse 9. Much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the fast. The fast talking about the Pentecostal fast, that, uh, Pentecost and so on and so forth that the Jews did. So Paul warned them. He said, man, I can see that our voyage is going to be dangerous, disastrous, and bring great loss to the ship and the cargo and to our lives. But the centurion, this was the soldier that took care of 100 prisoners. Instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot of the ship and the owner of the ship. See, who was Paul to them? He was a prisoner. They didn't recognize him as the apostle Paul or the prophet Paul, or who was hearing from God. But he had heard, and he knew that this, this, this was going to be uh, you know, disastrous. And this is where advice was given, but rejected. Came from a godly source, but it was rejected. Because who are you? I mean, after all, who are you? Who made you ruler? Who made you judge? Who, who's given you this wisdom and insight? So, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought that they obtained what they wanted. So, the circumstances looked perfect. Looked perfect. Little wind was blowing. We're going to set out of, out of the harbor. We're going to sail off to Rome. And uh, they thought, well, we can do it. And he said, this is, this is sometimes it's so dangerous. When things look perfect in the natural, you have to be led by the Spirit of God. If you're going to get out of the situation you're in or avoid these troubles, you have to be led by the Spirit of God. You have to be able to hear what God is saying. This is what happened in that, that uh, construction. I was on the construction site, and I heard something's going on, and I drew aside to pray. There's no doubt in my mind Jackie would have been dead had I not interceded. And so it is with you when you begin to sense something even though things look perfect, it doesn't look like there's any problems. You may want to ask God, hey, is this a good time to do this? Is this a good time to move? Is this a good time? Is this a good time to move to Tennessee? Is it? Uh, I'm not looking down here. I'm looking over there. Yeah. You see, there's the prophecy right there. Now, you can choose to ignore that. That's fine. Because after all, who is she? No blame game there, no guilt, no guilt at all. Anyway, so they head out. Things look fine, but oh my goodness, they weighed anchor, set out, and then verse 14, before very long, a wind of hurricane force. Obviously, it was a hurricane called the Northeaster. Here would be called the Nor'easter, something like that, huh? Swept down from the island. So suddenly, there was an unexpected change of events unprepared for what's coming. Bam! Your life is upside down. Have, you've been through one of those, haven't you? We all have been through that. Everything is hunky-dory, right? Until the hunky leaves. 
And then you go, whoa, what's going on in my life? Everything is fine, but the wheels have fallen off your car. Now what are we going to do? So the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind, so they gave way to it and were driven along. The, the problem sometimes hits so hard and it lasts so long. You're continuously fighting the problem until you throw your hands in there. And you go, you know what? Nothing more I can do about it. I, I just, I'm just giving up. Because that's what happened with this. The storm became so big and, and the ship normally was supposed to head into the wind, but they couldn't. And so they gave up. They said, all right, we're just going to let the wind blow us. You don't want to do that. Don't, don't, don't give in to the enemy and let the enemy just blow you around, kick you from pillar to post. You've got to put your foot down. You've got to say, wait a minute, Mr. Devil. You know what? I'm submitted to God. I'm going to resist you. and You're going to flee from me. This is, this is not going to be the way this thing goes down. So don't surrender. Don't just give it up. And then, uh, you know, it's because of despair that we do that, because I've tried everything else. And in this situation... You may try something desperate other than prayer. We, I was working on the ships um, as an auctioneer, and uh, they, everybody would ask, how are you doing? Everybody would, all the retail stores and you know, all the people that made revenue, they would chat as we go past them, how are you doing? What's happening in this week on this cruise for you? And, uh, you know, they would tell you how things are going, and, and I just, you know, I was always confessing out, and I said, no, I believe in Jesus' name that uh, I'm going to hit the budget, and the guy says to me, things are that bad, hey? <laughs> what do you mean things are that bad? He's thinking, I'm praying because things are that bad. I'm busy confessing. No, Jesus is going to make a difference. My, this, Jesus is going to make a difference. Uh, but... Uh, so what they began to do is they passed ropes under the ship to hold it together. I mean, how would you like to be on a ship that they're putting ropes around it to hold it together? But honestly, I think some of your lives right now are being held together. And it may not be by rope. It may be by pieces of thread. Something, just a hope and a prayer, basically, <laughs> holding these things together, desperate to try and make this thing work. We've got to get God involved in holding your life together. So fearing they would run aground, um, they lowered the, the anchor of the ship, and they were just driven along. Now, you think things are bad. Well, here's where the circumstances go from bad to worse, and eventually they lose hope. In verse 18 it said, We took such a violent battering from the storm the next day that we began to throw the cargo overboard. And on the third day we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. And when the sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. My question is, are you there? They're throwing the cargo overboard. They're throwing the ship's tackle overboard. They've bound up the ship with rope. And they're giving up hope. They said, we've done all we can. These are, these are desperate moves to try and hold things together. 
is your life in a desperate situation now where you are really at that point where you've given up hope? Given up hope of being saved. Given up hope that things could change. I don't know what's going on in your life, but God knows. I believe God brought you here today or you're listening online today because He knows you're at the point of breaking. You're really at that point where your, your life is just being held together by string. People, I've got news for you. God knows how to rescue you. And it's His plan to do it. And of course, Paul now says, men, had you gone along, they've gone along a long time without food, Paul stands up and says to them, you should have taken my advice. <laughs> Just rub it in. Just rub it in. None of you have ever said to your husband or your wife, you should have taken advice. You should have listened to what I said, Right? Nobody. None of you. So just look straight ahead now. Don't look sideways. Don't be smelling for smoke now. This is the time you look right, you look right ahead. Yeah, yeah. This is where we could have, we could have, should have, would have. But we didn't. And now we're in the mess. Okay? And uh, he said, then you would have been spared all of this damage and this loss. However... After he spanked them, he says, keep up your courage. <laughs> keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. <laughs> Seriously, you speak like a politician. <laughs> Good news, bad news. Which one do you want first? You rip me, and then you tell me everything's going fine, then you tell me my ship's going to be destroyed. The thing that I'm, that I'm counting on to get... Take courage. Take courage. What? Take courage. You're going to lose your ship. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to find another church. But you know what? It takes courage to stay anchored in faith when your ship is going down. That's the time you, you don't need faith when everything's going fine and you've got a nice breeze behind your sail ship and you're moving along. You don't need faith. You need faith like we did when we were going through the Australian waters to, to between Australia and, uh, I'm trying to think of the other, uh, we're coming around the, towards the island. That, that, uh, and we were 60 foot waves, 60 foot waves, Tasmania. Tasmania Sea is the worst sea. And we were there like we were like this in the 60-foot waves, 60-foot waves. And they were breaking on the sixth floor. The sixth floor. The waves are coming through the, like this on the sixth floor. And I, I couldn't have the auction because we couldn't keep the art up. The art falling down everywhere. I mean, seriously, the art was falling down. Put up the easels, everything would fall down. You walk holding it like this. That's when you need faith. So, 
Take faith. So the question is, to whom or to what are you looking to rescue you? See, my faith and my hope and my trust is not in my ship. It is in God. Can you say amen? amen? Don't be trusting your ship. Don't be trusting what's going on around you. See, God did not promise you that your ship wouldn't sink. Hello, listen to me. He did not promise you that your boat wouldn't break. He did not promise you that you would never get hurt. He did say, don't be afraid of the world. He's overcome the world. But he didn't say you wouldn't get hurt. God never promised you that you wouldn't cry in the midst of your problems. He didn't say that. He did not promise you a bed of roses. He promised you the thorns. He told us there's going to be persecution. He told us there's going to be problems. He said, in the world, you will have what? Trouble, tribulation. See, he didn't promise you young people that your premarital relationship won't broke up. He didn't promise that you wouldn't have problems. And he didn't promise you that your problem won't bite you. Mm -hmm. I won't tell you where. But you know what I'm talking about. If my faith is in my ship, I am going to have a shipwreck. But be of good courage. God is talking to you today. Amen. He's making a way. Praise the Lord. Do you know that God sent an angel to talk to Paul in the midst of his trouble? Look here in verse 23. Last night an angel of God whose I am and whom I serve, stood by me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. Well, what does that mean? God had a purpose for Paul. You're going to stand trial before Caesar. And God has a purpose for you. And God has dispensed angels to be with you. Even in the midst of your trial and when your ship is breaking up underneath you, He has got a purpose for you and a destiny for you and you will fulfill it. He sent angels to help you and to deliver you and to rescue you in your situation. Even though it looks like all hell is broken loose. And He said, God has graciously given you all the lives of the people who sail with you. So there's a promise. The angel, gave God, uh, the angel gave Paul a promise from God. He has given you the lives of people that travel with you. God has given you many promises. And I'm here to confirm that those promises will come to pass. Don't be looking at the problems. Begin to look at the promises. So be courageous Begin to believe and have faith that what God is saying to you today is going to turn your situation around. Your situation may not turn immediately. In fact, it may get worse. The story is not over. But you can be encouraged. So he said, keep your courage up, man. 
For I have faith in God that it will happen just as He told me. The promises of God's Word are true, even as He said they are. Believe them. Stand on them. They must come to pass. God's Word will come to pass. Verse 26, Nevertheless, you must run aground on some island. Really, God? Really? More bad news? Another straw on the camel's back? I thought when the angel showed up, you said we could eat. You, you said everything is going to be fine. Nobody's going to die. Now you break up our boat. Now what's left? You see, it could be. Listen carefully now. Satan has attacked your life and attacked things in your life. Maybe things that you've had trust in. That you've been depending upon. And God is allowing that thing to break up underneath you. Because ultimately, your trust and faith have to be in Him, not in it. Are you listening to me? You see... You are not your ship. And if your ship is lost, you are not lost. Don't allow the shipwreck to make you a shipwreck. You are not your ship. Amen? You are not the ship. God is still on the throne. So be encouraged by that. Stay with God's plan. Stay with God's instructions. I'd like to tell you another story if you've got time to listen. So we left South Africa, immigrated to America, 1990. When we left South Africa, they limited how much money you could take with you. They were restricting people from leaving. So when we got to America, we had a limited amount of money. Now, back in South Africa, I had AAA rating, gold, everything, credit was fantastic. I got to America, and I had no credit standing whatsoever. So, I couldn't even rent a car at the airport, because I didn't have a credit card here. I had no credit. Fortunately, Pastor Alan Higgins was there for me, and he rented in his name, for, the, and we moved into a, a motel right there in Mira Mesa. And uh, so I went out to try and rent a car, and they wouldn't rent me a car. I tried to buy a car, and they wouldn't let, let me buy a car. Said, no credit. What's your phone number? Don't have a phone. Where do you live? Don't have a house. Don't have an address. I said, no phone, no loan. Okay? Now I feel better. Eventually we found a private person who would rent us a home, but they required three months cash payment up front because we had no credit. So in order to try and get credit, we went to the bank, opened up two bank accounts, one in the name of the church it was to be started, and we took all the money we had and we put it in that bank account and I opened a second bank account in my name and I started to pay me my own money. So there could be a track of me receiving 
income because there was no proof that I was receiving any income. So you can't get credit if you're not working, right? But I was working. I just wasn't getting paid. So I had to pay myself. So then I tried to get a credit card, and I couldn't get a credit card. And eventually the credit card company said, if you will give us $1,000, we will give you a credit card for $1,000. I go, gee, that is a good idea. I'll go with that. And if you pay back six months every, every time, you know, if you're on, we will give you a credit card. Okay. So now I have a credit card that's not really a credit card. And I have a bank account that's not really a bank account. And I have a job that's not really a job. So, so everything is moving along just like I planned. So now I've got to find a place for us to have church. So eventually I found a place. Do you remember what it was? Westwood Shopping Center, right next to a doggy parlor, and the entrance was at the back. Do you know Westwood Shopping Center? You can't even find the back. And we, that was our main entrance. And so I rented the space with the remaining money that I had. I took it out of the church account to put it in there. So now we were broke. We had no money, no money in the account, nothing to pay us, but we had a space and we remodeled the space, started to remodel the space. Well, um, so the money that was supposed to be sent to us from South Africa was stolen. You see the ship? We're talking about the ship coming apart and throwing things out and the storm getting worse. You know, how much worse can it get? We have no money, and the money that was supposed to be sent to us now gets stolen. So... Uh, we run out of money. So we eat the food that's left in the house, and then we begin to fast. Not, be, not because we were spiritual. We had no money to buy food. So Hayne and Sydney going to school without food. We're staying at home, praying, and being spiritual. This is the ship is coming apart. And here's the problem. We are doing what God told us to do. We are following God the best way we know how. And He is not in our boat. He is nowhere to be found. <laughs> Things are getting from bad to worse. I get a telephone call from a very, very well-known pastor who invites me to go to lunch. And I go, let me think about this. Uh, okay. Picks me up. We go to a very expensive restaurant. But actually, by now, I was able to get the car. Remember that thing that I went through and I was able to buy a car? So we go to lunch, very spent. I didn't tell him what was going on. Never told him a thing. But the next day, a check arrived at our home for $5,000. $5,000. We were able to buy food, put gas in the car, and do everything. And then a week later... We opened the church of Harvest for Christ, and 80 people walked in the door, including Stephanie and Bill and LaCheryl. Where's LaCheryl? All the way. Wave your hand back there. They walked in the door. They were part of the first 80 people that walked in the door, and the church was on the way to the glory of God, and God had rescued us. Amen. Amen. 
So, well, I'll take just two or three more minutes. I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> Let's get back to the trouble these keep people are having with the ship. We go to verse 30. Now, in an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors uh, let down a lifeboat out of the sea, uh, into the sea, pretending that they were going to lower some anchor uh, from the bow. And Paul said to the centurion, the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes and that held the lifeboat, and it fell away. Last week when Cindy was, past, Cindy was preaching, she spoke about this church being a church on fire. And she did an amazing job of explaining how that we should stay near the fire. And that when we draw away, that we can become a smoldering wick. And that we need to come back to get lit by the fire. Remember that? So when I was listening to this, reading this story, I thought to myself, Paul says, unless they stay in the ship, they can't be saved. Why? Why was that important? Why couldn't they jump overboard and swim? Why couldn't they live, go just use the lifeboat? Because you see, a promise had been made to Paul about those traveling with him. And I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, a promise has been made to the promised tribe and to this house, to those traveling with us, that God is going to visit us, that God is going to do exceptional expansion. Not in Tennessee, here. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry, guys. Love you. Love you so much. Just do what God tells you. <laughs> and I honestly believe, and, I, and honestly, I'm just kidding with them. We love them so much, and we, we're supportive of what they're doing. I'm just kidding with them. But here's the thing. I honestly believe that God is saying, there's a fire, there's a promise. And those who stay are going to have a greater experience than those who leave, or those who move to the side, or those who go somewhere else. There's a lot of other good churches. Don't, don't get me wrong. Lots of other good churches that you can go to, all right? But if God says, I'm planting you at the promise, and that's where I want you to grow, that is why I sent you there, then it behooves you to follow through on that and not to get some harebrained idea to move away when things get tough. When there's a problem that breaks out in your life and your marriage and everything, I go, well, I'm going to go find another church. You'll take your problem with you. The church is not the problem. You're the problem. You're taking it with you. Get healed. Stay here. Stay in the boat and get saved. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what I believe the Lord was saying right here. So anyway, let me finish this up. They begin to throw the grain overboard they do whatever they can. They, things that were valuable to them become valueless. They're throwing it overboard. They, they, they're trying to save themselves from the storm. You know, we lived in Florida for four years. We lived in Clearwater Beach. And uh, back there you have storm shutters that you pull down over your windows, especially if you're like on the 11th floor of a building. Now, living in America... Uh, living in California, you don't know what that is. But I'm sure some of you have lived in different parts of the country where you have storm shutters, right? 
And you see, when the storms came and hit us, and one year we had 26 named storms. When they come, they, you can see a thing coming. And gosh, it looks horrific as it's coming towards you. And what you do is you pull down that shutter, and that is an act of your faith to protect you from the storms of life. When the storm is coming, you depend upon your faith. God, I'm going to protect, I'm going to use my faith to protect myself in Jesus' name. And you know, you stop looking at the storm. When your faith comes down, when that chatter comes down, you're now looking at your faith. It's not the shutter I'm looking at. I'm looking at my faith. And you see, I'm not seeing the storm anymore. What I'm seeing is God said he will be with me and he'll never forsake me and he'll never leave me. Amen. And with God, all things are possible. So even if my boat breaks up, God is greater than my storm and he will sustain me. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, you know what happens. You know the ship comes apart. You know the story. Comes apart. End of, they, end up on the island, they end up on this island. But the interesting thing is this. In, in verse 42, the soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent them from swimming away and escaping. Uh, but the centurion wanted to save Paul's life. So he said, no, don't do that. He stopped him from... Uh, but he said, let's jump overboard and swim. And then he said, uh, <clears throat> the rest of you can't swim... It says, uh, grab a piece of the plank that's breaking off and strap yourself to the plank and surf. Yep. <laughs> surf without wax. Just put the, just the, you know, the, yeah, yeah, just the plank with all the thorns and, you know, everything else. No nice and wax and everything. <laughs> anyway, get yourself, get yourself to the shore. You know, you're going to save yourself. So here, here is an incredible thing. God saves them in the most uncomfortable way. I mean, they're on a plank. They stamp to the plank. Oh, God. Oh, God. Dump under the water. Coming up. Oh, God. Oh, God. And they end up on the shore. And everybody gets saved. You see, God is about to rescue you and to save you. But it might not be the way you think. It may not be as comfortable as you think. You might have to repent about something. Before it can get into motion. You may have to change your attitude about something. You may have to start really believing God for this deliverance to take place and for God to, to work this thing out in your life. You follow what I'm saying? And you might be strapped to somebody you don't like. And that person is busy saving your life. And you both smell of smoke. That's enough. Come on, that's enough. Hallelujah. Say, God is rescuing me. I believe it in Jesus' name. Is God speaking to your heart this morning that He is working in your life? He's bringing things about, even though it's uncomfortable, and even though your ship might go down, even though the boat might break up, it doesn't matter. God is still God. Amen? God is still God. Lord, we thank You for... Uh, speaking to us and encouraging us this morning. And uh, Lord, even though some of us think of smoke, we thank you, Lord, that ultimately you're delivering us, even though it may be uncomfortable, even though things may break around us and fall apart. Lord, we are not losing our life. 
we're not losing our life because you're with us. You're saving us. You're rescuing us. And Lord, my, my, my heart goes out to people here today who don't have Jesus in their life. They don't have Jesus they can cling to to get to the shore. They need to turn to you, Lord, today for that help and that deliverance and that rescue. Friend, if you need Jesus to help you, you need Jesus to get in your life, this would be a good day. This would be a good day to ask God to help you. I'd like everybody to stand. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask my prayer team to come forward, and ministry team to come stand here with me. And some of you, after this morning's message, you may be saying, you know, Pastor Henry, I hear what you said, and I'm going to turn towards God and ask God to help me. I've been trying to solve this problem on my own, and it has gone from bad to worse, and I really have thrown my hands in the air, but I'm going to ask God to help me today. I'm going to encourage you to come out for prayer. And if you've never given your life to the Lord and you want to ask God to come into your life, Lord, I'm going to give my life to you. I'm asking Jesus, come on, be my Lord and Savior. I can't do life without you, and I certainly can't do heaven without you. I invite you to come as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll give you a chance before we dismiss the service. Those who want prayer, if they'd quickly make their way down here so we can have a moment of prayer with you. If you'd like to come on down and pray with you, we're going to do that. We're going to do that right now. Thank you, Lord. All right, just come on down. That's all right. We love you. God loves you. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else who wants to come down for prayer? Boy, don't be ashamed of asking for help. Especially if your, ba your boat's breaking up. Come on down, ask for help. Come and give your life to the Lord. Ask God to come into your life. Just 30 more seconds, and I'm going to dismiss the service. Just 30 more seconds. If you want prayer, come and join us now, real quickly. Real quickly. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, well, God bless you. Thank you for coming out today. I know God spoke to you and encouraged you. You have a good week. And remember, God knows how to rescue you. Next Sunday, I'll be talking about... God knows how to speak to you. It's going to be great. It's going to be really exciting. God knows how to speak to you. All right, come on down. God bless you. You're dismissed.